is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm of the Ferris Wheel at the Smogsville World's Fair. World Champion Podcast, Brighton SLC. Sean Black talking. We do a show. Signed a bad contract in a Ferris Wheel talking what we know. World Champion Podcast. We've really done a lot more singing in the last was, few weeks than normal. I think it, it's, it, feels it feels right. It, it feels, feels right. It feels right. It feels good. It's a bold new direction for us going into the new year, only days away. 2017. Boy, it can't be any worse than 2016. Am, am I right? Am I right? 2016. Oh, there was there was trouble. People died. Things went bad. That was not. It wasn't just life. It was more more life than it was like more human than human. Yeah, right? and luckily, arbitrarily, it's just gonna we get a clean start. That's right. In a strange way, it's now a baby. It's no longer an old man. No, it's a baby with a sash and a little party hat. That's right. January first, it's adorable. Life begins. All our choices in 2016 magically evaporate. D- d- don't apply <laughs> to the stressful conditions of of maybe this year. No, 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 no. We feel good. No, it's Christmas time. So Christmas time or whatever, happy holidays! Happy to everyone holidays, out there. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. We nothing but love to all the the World Champion Podcast listeners. Yeah, thanks to everyone for supporting us in our first year. 2016 was a great year. It all was around, a great year. It was for our, everybody. It was the best year of World Champion Podcast because it was the only year, and it's been nothing but up. And so you can say what you will about 2016. It was it was beautiful. At least this part of it. This part, like, I mean, just... The part where you listened to our show was Just beautiful. our podcast. Everything else was, was a hellish na- fucking nightmare. It was a, a, it was it, a painting it, it by... Was, yeah, it, it was... Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. It was, <laughs> it was people eating their own intestines. But otherwise, it was a beautiful year for World Champion Podcast. We're friends. Things are going to be okay. We'll get through this together. Yeah, 2017 is going to suck. No, it's been really fun. Um, you know what's interesting about Smogville is in the in the cold winter weather here, that smog, that smog freezes. It does. Really gets in your lungs. It's a winter wonderland because it's like having snow in your lungs. Yeah. But the snow is made of like a burning chemical. You know how that feels. Most people don't know. You know, like you see all this kind of fluffy snow, and then when you breathe it in, your lungs You're, burn. It's cold and sharp. And you vomit. And it's just violent pain. But I mean, that's like, that's kind of a Christmas feeling. It's, that, it's like peppermint, you know? It like, is. Peppermint for your lungs. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, yeah. Like, you can't, like, when the blood starts dripping out of your nose, you can't help but think this kind of has a peppermint smell to it. You know that feeling you get when you have an Altoid and, it, like, kind of your whole head feels cold? 
Right. Imagine if you were trying to set the record for most Altoids Mm -hmm. in your mouth and nose at one time. And butt. And ear. Right. And any any membrane. Maybe maybe rub some in your eyes. If you have any canister of 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 breath mint jammed in any orifice, like it has that Christmas feeling. And it makes me feel happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, Brighton. I'm happy to, to talk to our listeners. Like, it's been a great year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We love you all. Yeah, and uh, the Smogville traditions, having a great Tradition. time. Did you have your bedtime hash brown last I night? I did. I had. Or I, I guess we're going to have it tomorrow night on Christmas Eve. So, we have our bedtime hash brown. So the, the, the traditions of, of uh, Smogville are not much different than your traditions, I imagine. It's like you wake up, you have a baked potato. Some and, and and some other potato like sliced up potatoes with butter on them. You know what I mean. Then you have the mid morning break where you have some French fries, sriracha fries. In my case, oh, I went with um, curry. Oh, curry. Mm-hmm. Then what about the twosies, tater tots? Twosies, tater tot twosies. We we, we have oh, the, that's great. The tater tots, like, and then four p.m. on the dot. Those mashed potatoes with everything. On top of them, all the mashed potato fixings. Oh, I love them. I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting mm-hmm. a handful after handful of mashed potatoes. And then 7 p.m., the traditional. You just, just a baked potato. The delicious. baked potato feast. A little bit of butter, tiny bit of salt and pepper, but the, just the baked potato well, being the, itself. There's, there's, it's not actually butter. It's that powdered stuff, that powdered butter flavor. Oh, right, stuff. right, right, right. Powdered butter. They, they, it's, a, it's a petroleum byproduct from what I've read. It's mm-hmm. not, not actually a dairy thing. But it tastes really similar to something that, that well, I'm, I'm not going to say it tastes like butter, but it tastes like something. Like, it's yellow. It's like if butter. It's yellow. If, like if, if butter fell into like a, a puddle of oil and then you licked that oil, it like, there would be butter. Never mind. Let's talk about bedtime. The bedtime tradition is the, is the biggest Christmas tradition in Smogville. And that is the bedtime hash brown. Now, I know you think you know what hash browns are. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. on a plate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're shredded. Sometimes they're in little cubes. Right. Sometimes they're in sort of a puck, like at, at the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, even like an oval. <clears throat> yeah, an oval. No, this is a hash brown. It's the size of a 12-inch sub. Mm-hmm. Just a 12-inch, compact, self-contained hash brown thing. Mm-hmm. And you can just you munch on it. It's called the bedtime hash brown because you munch on it all night. And then by the time you're done, Santa's mm-hmm. here. Like by morning, you have barely any cooked oily potatoes on your lips, and you wake up and Santa's there. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, oh, man, it's, it's such a great feeling to, to know that we are following these traditions that have, uh, have passed down for generation after generation of eating potatoes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. The whole day, nothing but the Smogville potato. Gosh, man. Happy holidays to you, Brighton. Let's go back, and then to you as well, Sean Black. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to 1984. Okay. We were both alive at the time. We were. I think Ghostbusters took the theaters by storm. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom ushered in the PG-13 rating. That's right. And something incredibly amazing happened in rock and roll. Of course, um, anyone who grew up in the 80s... Mm-hmm is aware of the Ethiopian famine. It was on the news every night, as I recall. It's it was very news. young. Um, it might have been like kind of the beginning of world news. Of like being aware of stuff besides just war. Well, there was no, there was no <laughs> internet. And so world news was part of the actual evening news. And it was something, it was like just a small part. 
But it's like apparently there's other countries besides the United States that we're not currently like shooting at. Yeah, that we're not having fights with, and it's like you hear about situations that that are horrible. Yeah, so it was from from 1983 to 1985, and I'm sure the situation uh, obviously in the 90s, mm-hmm. Somalia, Rwanda, Africa, right. Sudan. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to Sudan? I'll tell you what happened. Everyone forgot about it. Right. Matt Damon came back home, and and everyone's just oh Sudan's probably fine now. Right. Coney's still out there. That's right. Coney. 2012, he lost the election, but he won the award for disappearing and being an awful, nightmarish person. Yeah, that no one ever thought about again. Again. Um, but so, uh, Bob Geldof is the singer of the Boomtown Rats. They're an Irish band. Yeah. Um, that no one cares about. Let's just say it. No one gives a flying shit about the Boomtown Rats. Uh, they have a song, Up All Night. That's a good song. Which one? How does Up it go? Up All Night. Oh, okay. Up all night. There's other stuff happening. I'm only doing the backup vocals. Oh, I take yeah, it back. Other stuff happens no, it sounds in pretty good. Yeah, I, do, I, I apologize. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, so as I understand it, his wife is watching the news and sees a story about Ethiopia. Okay. Or his partner, rather. <clears throat> and this all happens so quickly. Bob Geldof is like, hey, I'm famous, kind of. Sort of. No, he was. he was. He was famous at the time. Boomtown Rats are a super group. I'll have you know. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, they're one of those, they're a super group. So they're, like Audio Slave. <laughs> That's your go to super group, Audio Slave. That's the only one I could think of. Rage Against the Machine with the singer of Soundgarden. That's not how super groups work. I'll tell you, super group. Velvet Revolver, man. No, I'm not even going. <laughs> Guns N' Roses with the singer of Stone Devil Pilots? I don't fuck this. The Highwaymen. Okay, the highwayman. The highwayman. Okay, I got, I got you. Traveling Wilburys. Traveling Wilburys. I'll go with that. One of the fucking Beatles. One of the, one of the other guys that was Bob Dylan. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Roy, under- the guy that wrote Pretty Woman. This is going to sound underrated. And the but- guy from ELO. I know. Does he deserve to be there, honestly? Like someone had to play the drums, I guess. I, guess, I don't even know if I he was the drummer. Know. No, he sang. I feel like he, he, he did some keyboards. Tom Petty is insanely underrated. I've been wanting to talk about Tom Petty for so long. You do? Let's talk about it right now. We well, should. I, it's just that I do a really good Tom Petty impression, and nobody gives a shit. You do? Yeah, I was listening to him on NPR, and I, and I was just driving around, and I was like, I'm going to talk like that. Do it right now. Do it. Do it. Now's your time to shine. I love Tom Petty. And this whole segment is how I think he's unsung, underappreciated. Time to appreciate it. I'm not a label executive. I'm not about marketing. I just wanted to make a good rock and roll record. And all I want is I, I just hope people can find the record and, and enjoy some, some rock and roll music that I made. That sounds, that's what his speaking voice sounds like. Is Trust it? me. Is it? Yeah, they were going because he released a new album, and, and the question was like, "Who gives a shit? Like, are you are you going to be disappointed that this doesn't sell as many records as you sold thirty years ago?" And he's like, "I don't even know where people go to listen to records anymore. I don't know how they're going to find it. There's no radio stations playing rock and roll anymore." Does he talk like that? Yes. I, I so he does. In my opinion, that was a perfect a perfect Tom Petty because I'm not sure how he sounds exactly. In That's my, why because, nobody's impressed by because it. Because all it, that, that is why because all I know is like 
like the all the songs, the fucking like the the like. That was in the Indiana town. He's like, it's like he's a guy doing an impression of Bob Dylan, no. but he's a slightly better no. vocalist. I was gonna. That was the same thing I was gonna say. It's yeah. like Bob Dylan, sort of. Yeah. So it's like I grew up in the Indiana town. Yeah. Business in, business in. So good, but not quite. Like it's like Bob Dylan. Not quite. It's like if you took Bob Dylan's. Vo- I'm not saying Bob Dylan himself, but if his vocals were a person, and you put them on antipsychotics, mm-hmm. then it would sound like Tom Petty. All right, screw all this. Let's get let's get to the heart of it. Last Dance with Mary Jane is that about drugs? No, it's about uh, necrophilia. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm talking to the person that thought that. That too legit to quit was about li- lifting weights, right? Or <laughs> working, working out. Yeah. So last dance with Mary Jane, that's literally about dancing with someone, right? Yeah, it's about high school memories. It is. It's, it's about the senior prom. Senior prom. <laughs> we got to do, we got to do a whole episode on Tom Petty music videos, because there, there's so many good ones. Okay. Last dance with Mary Jane. All right, but with Dead Kim Basinger. Let's let's do our pinky swear right now. Pinky yeah, swear. Pinky swear. Pinky Tom swear. Tom Petty mini music movies. Oh, by the way, this is our segment, Mini Music Movies. I want my mini music movies. Brought to you by Peaches Geldof. That's right. That's his daughter. Is she deceased? I and shouldn't. It, I don't want to. And in this segment, I'm going to just talk over this, this part of the deceased part. So in this segment, we talk about mini music movies. A lot of people call them music videos. We're going to call them what they are. So we're going to talk about them. Tonight's episode, we talk about Feed the World. Is that what it's called? What's this called? Oh, yeah. Peaches had a big drug problem. Peaches? Like, like the... Heroin overdose. Peaches? Peaches Geldof. Not like, not like uh, the like weird sex girl. Oh, no, different peaches. There's a lot of peaches in, in rock and roll, too, at least. Okay, the, the peaches that spells her name, like, in the same font as Def Leppard, and she sings about sex. Yeah. She's alive and well. As far as I know. Thank God. Yeah, she's, uh, she's getting up there. She's popular. She's 50. She's 50? Are you fucking kidding me? Peaches? No. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't. I will. I refuse to accept we're getting older. I refuse to. Like we've been, we've been well, podcasting this... for nearly ten years. We were young men. We were in our early thirties. You tell me Peaches is fifty, and I will lose my shit. Well, I'll tell you even worse news. Francine Peaches heard Parker is dead of Peaches and Herb. <laughs> okay, I can accept Peaches and Herb being dead. You're telling me Peaches is fifty. Yeah. Peaches of Peaches and Herb. <laughs> no, fuck, forget about Peaches and Herb. I don't want to forget about Peaches and Herb. No what? one should forget about Peaches and Herb. What's, what's their song? Let's... I have no idea. I just know that they're Peaches and Herb. And that's the best name that has ever been for a band. You may have triggered a, some sort of like mental breakdown. To hear that Peaches is so old is upsetting. To me, Peaches is 20. 20 years old. Well, we're going to get into this. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> Bob Geldof... And it, again, it all happened so quickly. He's like, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm in a super group akin to Audio Slave. <laughs> okay. 
And what do you do when you, you feel helpless, there's a tragedy taking place on the other side of the world? What do you do? You call Sting. Right. Sting's your buddy. You call Sting. You call Bono. You call Midge Yuri, the singer of Ultravox. Right. You, 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 you call George Michael. This is all happening in the span of like a day. Is um, this true? Yeah. So Bob Geldof and Midge Yuri, singer of Ultravox, they do that great song, Vienna. Um, they're like, he, so, so he starts calling. So Bob Geldof starts making calls. So they have the idea, let's make a charity record. So he starts making calls, and everyone's on board. They're signing up immediately. And these are people that are in London at the time. Or yeah, what? they're in London Basically. at the time. Basic, yeah, exactly. And like he literally, um, I think it was Sting. He literally ran into Sting on the street. Like he and did. It was like, and it was like, oh, hey, I'm doing this thing. Oh, man, Paul Weller was on it. Paul Weller's pretty awesome. He is awesome. Um, so, yeah, so he's getting this all together, and they're like, well, okay, we're going to record a charity record, all the proceeds going to help um, the people of Ethiopia. And uh, they don't want to do a cover because then they'll have to pay royalties and lose some of the money. So Geldof and Midgeri bang out a song in an afternoon. Like that day. Like that day. Like, so, like, um, I was reading about this earlier. Like, Midge played him a, a demo thing, and he's like, no, I don't like it. I'm going to come over with my guitar and try this out. And then uh, and they made it happen. So that is called Do They That's Know It's cool. Christmas? Yeah. No, this, this, this is like when we watch the Beatles documentary. When they'd, they'd, they'd go into the studio, they had from like 10 to 3 to write the song, and then they recorded it, basically. This is like pre-Sergeant Peppers, basically. Yeah. That's, that's in a way, that's awesome. Like, I, I, I've read, like, having a deadline sometimes... Let, activates part of people's brains that become, come up with all kinds of creative stuff. Like, yeah. like if, you, if you have to come up with something awesome and you have four months, you're going to come up with garbage. If you have to write a song and have it be done in three hours, yeah. you come up with Feed the World. So here's, I mean, just to give you even more of a sense of the timeline. So it's October 23rd is when Bob and his wife saw the new shit program. Okay. Um, they decide what to do. Uh, November 5th, they decide charity record. A week later. Uh, but yeah, a little over a week later. Um, he starts recruiting musicians. Uh, he sees Gary Camp of the band Spando Ballet, who mm-hmm. says, um, we're going to go tour, but we'll be back in 10 days, so wait for me to get back. Simon LeBon of Duran Duran says, just tell me a date. We'll clear the diary. So in, in like less than a month, he's making all these arrangements. His record label's going to release it. Um, Peter Blake... D- agrees to design the sleeve. He did Sgt. Pepper, among wow. other things. Wow. This is in a month. They get together to record it on November 24th. Okay. And then they write the song in like an afternoon. So are, are like these musicians hanging out there? Like are they writing it as Sting is, is, is it there? Well, just, just Bob and Midgeri wrote the song. And then the more people they would recruit, they'd be like, okay, Bono gets this line. Right. Sting gets this Makes duo. Sense. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the video itself. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? Well, the video, it has, it's basically kind of has this fake behind the scenes <laughs> thing. So it's like, like a, a camera crew watching these musicians in the studio. Now, the, the first thing I noticed was, 
we had a lot of titles in there. We had Sting. We didn't have it's not his name. We had Sting. Yeah. We had Bono. We had uh, Boy George. That might actually be his name, but like we're gonna count it. Yeah. <laughs> his name is not Boy George. It could be. It's not though. It's it's not. Well, we're talking about aliens. Like, what would an alien call a human? The first designation would be boy. So you think maybe Boy George is someone's pet? Alien pet. An alien pet. Because okay. you go, boy. Like, you describe the creature. Boy George is the, the designation for that creature, the boy creature. So Boy George, we've got all kinds of titles. I'm sure that Slash was there, even though he was, like, four years old. And then we got The Edge. We've got, we've got every title. Cool is cool. there from Cool and the Gang. Cool. And maybe even LL Cool J is probably there. So, like, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Like, it's, it's, it's easy to make fun of a lot of stuff that's old and weird and, like, stuff like this. But, like, the cause itself is badass. You've got Sting... He's got a great voice. I gotta be honest. He's got a great voice. Well, I made fun Bono. of it. I made fun of it because um, Simon. There's a clip where Simon Lebon and Sting are singing side by side. Mm-hmm. Then we show some other stuff. We show Phil Collins drumming. Right. Then we cut back to Simon Lebon and Sting, and Bono is right behind them, in between Snuck them. <laughs> so I, this and this is this is young, like giant. Um, yeah, this is Patrick Swayze mullet Bono. Right. This this is like Joshua Tree Sting. Yeah. And so this air is a giant Bono, yeah. weird. Or what I say, Sting. Yeah. Bono, a giant fluffy sort of of. of like he's got the Lane Bennis hair, kind of. He does. And he and he's stuck in between Sting and Simon Le Bon. But man, he's got a great voice. He does. He really does. And then like if and 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 like if you're sneaking between Simon Le Bon and Sting. Those guys both have incredible voices. Mm-hmm. So all I thought about when I was watching this video is how would it be, like, I can only be, be myself. So I'm thinking, Sean is a famous singer in the early 80s, lives in London. I show up to this. I'm going in the bathroom, and I'm breathing into, like, a paper sack. I'm hyperventilating. Yeah. I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. Simon Le Bon. We got Sting. We got Bono. Okay, okay. I don't want to line. I don't want to line. Why am I here? 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 And then people are coming on like, Sean, you're, you're a great pop star, man. You're, you're, your band is huge all over Germany and, and everywhere. And then I'm just like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. Okay, that sort of actually happened. Really? Status Quo. Have you heard of Status Quo? No. Well, what if I told you they were the band with the record for the most singles on the British charts ever? They have the most charting singles on the British record ever. industry. Ever? Ever. They go back to... Ever? The, yeah. I don't believe... It. Not necessarily the highest selling, but they have had over 60 hits. More than any other rock band. What? And they're called what? Status Quo. Founded in 1962. Active to this day. I have literally never heard no, of them. No, me neither. That's here's, crazy. Here's, here's, That's the only, crazy. here's the only way you've heard of them is picture, Pictures of Matchstick Men, which you oh, yeah. maybe know from the it. cover. Pictures of Matchstick Men. Oh, so I know the cover. You know the cover. I don't even by, know their song. Um, I mean, maybe you've heard the original. You, no. It would probably be on those like Rhino Records, yes. Golden Oldies compilations. No, I've heard the, I've heard the cover. The cover by, um, uh, who the hell is it? Camper Van Beethoven. Okay, that's the one I've heard, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There is an original? 1989. So they did the original and more than 60 other number one hits. 
what? This can't be real. And so everyone that Bob Geldof was getting was a pop star. Okay. And um, because status quo goes back to the 60s and they're rock and roll and they are super famous. Okay. Like that was the get. So getting Sting and Simon Le Bon and George Michael was easy. Status quo was like the big score. What? Yeah. Um, it's because he, he thought it would give it more credibility to have like real like rock and rollers, like classic real, rock real and rollers. Real rock and rollers that no one's yeah. ever heard of. Okay. Yeah. And then their fans bring in all their millions of fans. Dozens of people that have heard of them. Millions. No, millions. That's what's Dozens. so weird. This is no not one, true. I've never there heard of There is no band. way this is a real band that I've not heard of. I know. A 60s British rock and roll band. With 60 fucking hits in the charts? What, yeah. What are they called? Status quo. Status quo. They don't exist. I'm not falling for and Gel- this. No, Geldof knows that just their presence will guarantee that they'll sell tons of copies of this record. So Stata- like, like steel beams don't melt by status quo. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I'm, not, so, I'm not buying this. So, um, so Midjury, the other guy who wrote and is producing the song. Uh, so the guys Francis Rossi and Rick Parfit are the two front men of status quo. Okay. His idea is for them to sing the here's to you harmonies in the song's bridge. Um, but then this Parfit guy can't sing the high notes. So, Rossi, the other guy from Status Quo, pulls mm. Geldof aside privately, or pulls Yuri aside privately, and says, um, I, actually, I actually sing all the parts on the studio records. This Parfit guy, he only mimes it live. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. He says, Parfit only sings on stage. On the records, um, I do all the vocals. And no one knew this. And no one it's... knew this. And he, so he said, like, so Why you're, is he in you're the kind band? of... Um, he said he kind of shouldn't have brought him in. Um, Parfit later admitted in a 2004 documentary that him and Rossi were extremely hungover and were in no fit state to attempt to record their vocals. Um, but according to journalist Robin Egar, the music correspondent for the Daily Mirror and the only journalist present, they contributed something else very, very important to the recording. All right. 1984, bunch of rock and rollers. What do you think they could have contributed to the recording that was so important? Cocaine. Yes. Am I right? Yes. They had, they had the cocaine? Once they produced their bag of cocaine, uh, it became a real party. All right. <laughs> We're finally getting somewhere, man. Yeah. Like, now the song can start coming together. Like, the co- cocaine is, is stage one. Stage two to whatever is all... Wine. There's a lot of wine. A lot of wine. Wine, dine, cocaine time. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is starting to make more sense. Yeah. Suddenly the rock stars are showing up. And yeah, so it really was filmed all in that day. They had 24 hours of studio time. This to, is to make crazy. This. Yeah. this is kind of beautiful. That it they, is. That they, you can come up with... That, like, this is actually real art. Like, you're coming up... This is all happening spontaneously. People are coming together. Like, the thing that's... They're, they're all being inspired by different things. Like, some people actually want to help. Most people just want to be high on cocaine. Um... Geldof and Yuri decided not to sing any of their, any of the solo lines. So I still, I don't Ruby. Know. Oh, so that guy, we, we just watched the video and we weren't sure who the, like, sort of the main guy is. Because there's right. a guy who seems to be the star. That's Tony Hadley of Spando Ballet. Really? Yeah. And wow. I, and I, okay. I've That's heard. interesting. No, I've listened to Spando Ballet. I've at least lot. heard of them. No, I've, I don't I, know what their songs are. They're rad. You dig them. Okay. So, yeah, so he's, it, it, 
if anyone seems like a lead singer in the video, it's him. It's him. He kind of keep, keeps getting featured. Um, what about Phil Collins? Phil Collins. This is the best part. Phil Collins is probably 25 and looks <laughs> like the, the, the substitute teacher for like history class. Oh yeah, he's just he's thirty four, so he's younger than us. He's young. Okay, so he's wearing he, a sweater vest, sweater vest, collared shirt. He looks. He does not. He like. Think of the opposite of rock and roll. If you're thinking about rock and roll, you're thinking of cool. You're thinking of Kiss. You're thinking of like Rolling Stones. Think tight of the pants, opposite. Think of like tight pants, long hair. Yeah, yeah. cool vests, cool nicknames like Slash or the Edge. Think of, or think cool. Instead, your name is Phil Collins. Even his fucking name, Phil. Yeah, he's the most perfectly named guy, right. Phil Collins. Yeah. I'm Phil Collins. Then think of some Dockers. Think of a, then be balding, be balding. But don't get a haircut. Yeah, comb it over and still have it long and look weird. Um, have a sweater kind of vest thing. What are those called? Sweater vests. Is it actually That's called what they a sweater call vest? Yeah, sweater vest with a a, a button up shirt, like you're going to a job interview or to church. Yeah, because that's what you're doing when you're starting coke all day as a rock star. You're on your way to talk to your accountant. No, that's Phil Collins. He he did the drums. He did, he looks uh like he looks as uncool as you possibly could be Man, as a young person. He looks way cool now as a 65 year old. Oh, he does. He's he's. Bald. He's wearing a natty suit. He's got some stubble. Looks. He looks like uh, like he'd be in one of those Guy Ritchie gangster movies. Right. At sixty five, you can pull that off. At Young Phil Collins is just oh god. Let me do your taxes. I uh, just while we're here, let me do your taxes for you. Like, let me make you uncomfortable by looking at you. Yeah. I've... I gotta say, if anyone's a big Phil Collins fan, I apologize. We actually we are. We've been doing a lot of making fun of famous musicians lately, and it's drawing some ire. Is it? And um, I just want to clarify: we only we only punch up. Phil Collins. We only punch up. We only make fun of people who are more famous and successful than us. Which is every Which rock is star. So everyone. It's yeah. it's interesting. I, it didn't occur to me. We actually do get on Phil Collins' case a little bit. There's I get been, on it a lot. There's been some other episodes with his bullshit, like. Like uh, the urban legend about the guy guy going to the concert. Yeah, He's I don't always... feel bad. I don't feel bad. I will fight Phil Collins right here, right now. <laughs> Contact me, Phil. We will we will have one of those celebrity like, uh, boxing matches. I will knock your fucking face off. <laughs> so I don't feel bad. Brighton can apologize. What about that NPR thing uh, where he helped a lady write a love song? I don't give a shit about that. It was, pretty, yeah, it was kind of lame. I mean, he was fine, but the like everyone's in love with everyone. So love is the most boring thing on earth. Oh, you got a crush on someone? Welcome to the human race. Or no, it was a breakup song. Whatever, not important. I'll still fight him. <laughs> so he shows up with his drum kit, um, and they'd already just done a drum machine. So I yeah. hope that was a miscommunication that he just showed up. Like, hey, I heard heard we were doing this. Here's my drums. Do 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 do. He set up his drums and then waited patiently until early evening after all the vocals had been recorded. And they told him to go home. No, uh, Yuri was content with the first take, but the perfectionist Collins was unhappy with it and did a second take, which he was satisfied with. Second take of singing? Of doing, he of was drums. doing drums. He was playing the drums over the drum machine. Do, 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 do. Yeah, fuck Phil Collins. So the thing that, that I think is great about this video is there's a scene where 
it's cutting to there in the shot. There's three people playing guitar. There's two people playing drums. And I'm sorry, but this whole song is one drum machine and a keyboard. It is literally that. There are about 30 vocalists. The musicians mm-hmm. are Phil on the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jury did keyboards and programming. And John Taylor played bass. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that bothers me more than, than watching a music video where someone's rocking out on guitar and you literally can't hear the guitar. You literally it cannot all hear. all the time. It, it's common. And you, yeah, and you would just want, like, where are these three? There's someone strumming an acoustic guitar. Yeah, why even I bother? I cannot hear that chord I literally can't hear yeah. it. Like, I'd have to be stoned on drugs from an, another planet, listening to headphones made by, by, by who? By Phil Collins, I guess. And then you're, you're, that, that's the only way to hear this guitar. Otherwise, it's like, where are these three guitars? Where are these two drums? Where is this epic orchestra? All I can hear is a drum machine and a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So this thing, so what I say, November 25th, they record it. It's released December 3rd. And, this, the, and the idea... This is break. It was October 23rd that they had the idea. So from October 23rd to December 3rd, they release a single. So you're talking 35 days, maybe? Yeah, it sells 250,000 copies within a week. Um, they had all of their factories pressing that single to meet the demand. Um, so that's amazing. They ended up raising eight million pounds. Wow. Yeah. That that might even be money. Yeah. No pounds of of dough. T- pounds. Eight, eight million fa- pounds of dough. Holy shit! Actually, eight million pounds. Wow. I was I was goofing around, but that's a lot of money. Yeah. In nineteen eighty four dollars. That that's probably Holy like shit. It's probably like twelve million pounds now. And so Bob Geldof retired. Children died, starved to death. Well, that's or... what I wonder, and it's such a feel-good story, so I hope, I hope there's not a, a loophole that's going to bum me out. Oh, I'd, I'd hate to find out, like, and then two million of it were donated to an ineffective charity that... Was also run by Bob Geldof. It didn't end up donating any yeah. food at all. Less than $10,000 actually went to those in need. But Bob Geldof got nine million pounds. <laughs> It's a happy ending. It's it's like a, it's a very like Ebenezer. It's like the beginning of Scrooge minus the the rest of the play. NME the uh, the music newspaper. Mm-hmm. NME NME EMI New New Morrissey Express is what hmm. love Morrissey. Um, so that's the big UK music paper. The headline of their review: Turkey. Garbage. Turkey. <laughs> Turkey. Millions of dead stars write and perform rotten record for the right reasons. Wait, what? So they're happy about it? Well, they thought the record sucked. Okay, here's the thing. Kind of sounds like the Doctor Who theme there in the middle. It does, and it sounds like the song's not that great. But I mean, if you're writing music to help people, like, how can you say something bad about this song? It's catchy. When I was a kid, I thought it was very catchy. Well, then it's interesting because We Are the World is probably more famous, at least stateside. That song sucks. But um, it's the same exact thing. It's the same with all the famous American musicians checking into the studio. No, I've, I, basically, this, this was a ripoff of that, right? This was More be- or less. This was before. Do They Know It's Christmas was before. It was before. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Respect. Yeah. Then they've done it. They've reunited a few times with you know updated stars every now and then. Um, did you know... There's, on the record, the B-side has messages from musicians who wanted to be there but couldn't because of scheduling reasons. 
What's the message? Like an answering machine? No, like, hel- hello. Hello, I'm... are you starving people? Hello, I it's Stuart, Mark, seen... Tony, Bruce from Big Country. Well, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. We're so sorry we couldn't be there, but we urge you to take your own action. Thank you so much for buying this record. Thanks for Bob Geldof for putting it together. What a super group Boomtown Rats is. And thanks to Status Quo, the, my favorite band growing up. Wow. There's something I'm assuming. It was uh, Big Country, Holly from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, uh, David Bowie, and Paul McCartney. There's something. Jesus. Right. Yeah, just brush over David Bowie and Paul McCartney, <laughs> why don't you? Anyway, yeah, watch that video, and then we'll maybe we'll do the We Are the World one. I'll tell you what happened. Time. There was world peace. Everyone got food. And uh, God bless us. Everyone. <laughs>